Hey everyone, Joel here from Soul Revival Church. As you may have noticed, we've just launched our official podcast, and that's because you're listening to it right now. And we started it in the wake of being unable to meet together due to the issues surrounding the coronavirus pandemic. Now, initially, we began this just to post the audio from our sermons, but we've quickly realized this week that it wasn't quite capturing exactly what we're trying to do. And so, guys, we've leveled up, and now we'll be bringing you everything from each of our gatherings, minus the music and the singing, which doesn't really lend itself very well to this particular format. So, guys, hope you enjoy it. Thanks so much for getting on board with the new way we are doing church at the moment. And I'm going to say that's enough from me, so we can get into the good stuff. One way. What we're going to do now is we, I'm going to invite Stu up to the couch. Uh, he's going to join me on this very long couch. Um, and we're going to talk about um, what's, what's happening at Soul Revival at the moment uh, with, all this, with all this going on. And I thought you could uh, let us know um, some more information, um, whether, it can, whether, it, whether it comes to Soul Revival online or it comes to just what we're doing as a church um, and how we're responding to the COVID-19. Yeah, well, as as you will all be definitely aware, this situation is changing day by day. And um, on Wednesday, the Prime Minister made an announcement that any gathering over 100 people would no longer be able to happen uh, for the time being. And uh, pretty much a couple of hours after that, uh, our Archbishop Glenn Davies uh, made a decision that we were going to suspend all our public gatherings for Sydney Anglican churches uh, until further notice. But um, the important thing is that we're not suspending church while we suspend our public gatherings. And so over the last couple of days, the staff and the leadership of Soul Revival Church got together in a uh, special council meeting and then we've been working out, is there anything we can do in the meantime that we can actually help bring us all together? And one of the things that's a challenge for us at Soul Revival Church is that um, we love our church services, our gatherings, and we also love to gather afterwards or before for a meal. So obviously we'll be suspending that in the short term. But while we do really love our places that we meet, uh, we thought that maybe if we can use some digital spaces in the meantime to gather together, that would be really helpful. So that's why we're doing this experiment this weekend, Heath, and yeah. we're trying to see how it goes. I'm, I think there's a lot of potential in in the spaces that we have uh, online, whether it be on YouTube or it be on Facebook or on Instagram. And we're going to be using a lot of these things. Uh, we've also got this program called Zoom, uh, which uh, most of our gatherings will be showing off. And just a question about how you're feeling as someone who's leading the church through this. Uh, do you think there's um, anything we can be praying for or anything we could be suggesting, whether it be in the comment section of this or sending in or contacting you online, if we can do that? Uh, I'd like to say that even if you haven't been to one of our places to gather with us in the past, if you're tuning in here from Facebook or somewhere else, uh, you're very welcome to get in touch with us because the other thing we want to say is that we all need to really look after each other. Uh, we really want to say that if you um, uh, fall ill or if someone in your family is sick or if you are just in quarantine, um, please let us know if we can do anything to support you in this time and we're going to do our best we can to keep supporting each other we're also encouraging christians just to keep reading keep praying keep um making maybe this opportunity to get together on saturday night uh keep the habit of getting together uh with god's people even digitally uh through this season so that you've got that uh regular uh gathering and that we don't get out of the habit of meeting together fantastic thank you okay. so much thanks Heath.
The Bible reading for tonight is Romans chapter 12, verses 1 to 8. Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing and perfect will. For by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is in giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Thanks for reading for us tonight, Anthony. It's uh, very encouraging to be able to read from a passage like Romans 12. And Romans 12 is really great encouragement for us on a day like today because in Romans 12, Paul's actually helping us to know practically what a difference the gospel makes in our lives. Now, in Romans, Paul has written to us an incredible summary of the gospel, the good news story about Jesus Christ. And as we just heard read, it is really practical. In the first 11 chapters of Romans, Paul is unpacking what the good news about Jesus is all about. And I think uh, as a good summary of the gospel, we've got uh, for us in chapter 5, a good summary in verses 9 through to 11. And I'd encourage you too, even though we're online, that it might be a great idea that in these uh, sermons that we do, that you might like to have a Bible on your lap as we go through the passage together tonight. And so grab uh, Romans chapter 5, verses 9, and I'll read this section to us so that we've got a good summary of the gospel for us to get a head around what Paul is talking about when he's going to talk to us about how this changes our lives. So he says in verse 9 this, Since we have now been justified by his blood how much more shall we be saved from God's wrath through him for if while we were God's enemies we were reconciled to him through the death of his son how much more having been reconciled shall we be saved through his life not only this is so but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ through whom we have now received reconciliation so the theme of Jesus' sacrifice is really crucial to the gospel Because Jesus, who is fully man, fully God, lived amongst us, taught amongst us, and performed incredible miracles to show his authority. He had so much authority over sin and death that even though he hadn't done anything wrong and was arrested for something he hadn't done, when he was executed on a cross by the Romans, he actually allowed them to execute him so that he could actually pay for the wrongdoing that we've done rather than any wrongdoing that he'd done. That if we look to him in faith, that the blood he shed on the cross can actually save us from God's wrath. 
Despite the fact that we have done things that displease God, Jesus' death on the cross pays for our sins so that we can be reconciled to God. So by repenting of our sins and actually trusting in Jesus' work on the cross, we can have reconciliation with God. It's our sin that is the only thing that separates us from our Creator. And Jesus, in his death, actually pays for our sin. So by repenting of our sin, saying sorry for our sin, and asking that Jesus' death on the cross pays for our sin, we can have reconciliation with our God. That even though we were enemies to God by the fact that we ignored him in our lives, we now actually have the promise that we can be reconciled to him through the death of his son, Jesus. And now that we've been reconciled, uh, it says there in verse 10, how much have we been saved from? It's so wonderful to have been saved from our sin. Jesus reflects on the difference he makes to us when he says that he's come to give us life and life to the full. And the life that we can have when we've had our sin forgiven is absolutely transformative. In verse 11 in chapter 5, Paul's written, Not only this is so, but we also boast in God through our Lord Jesus Christ, through whom we have now received reconciliation. In the book of Ephesians, Paul talks about this idea of reconciliation with God as well. And in chapters 1 and chapters 2, Paul also talks about the fact that because we've been reconciled with God, then we have now become children of God. And as children of God, we have now been reconciled to one another as well as being reconciled to God. And so this is a really exciting promise that Paul's picking up here in chapter 12 of Romans, the passage that we've had read tonight. So if chapters 1 to 11 is Paul unpacking the gospel, of which chapter 5 and the verses that I read is a summary, then in chapter 12, we're actually looking at what this new reconciled life means for us. Paul says in verse 1 of chapter 12, Therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Paul's saying there that the mercy of God in Jesus dying on the cross and rising to new life has given us reconciliation with God and a new life. And just as Jesus has been raised from the dead, we too can look forward to a future where we too will be raised from the dead. Because we've been washed clean by the blood of Jesus, we are reconciled to God and we have eternity with God to look forward to. But the great thing about chapter 12 is we are actually able to live in that salvation here and now too. Now, while we still fight the fight of faith and we are still in the body, we still um, are sinful people, we actually have been given a new nature. The new nature is a nature that is a spiritual nature because when we become a Christian and we put our faith in Jesus, God gives us his Holy Spirit as a deposit guaranteeing our inheritance. Now, in Galatians 5, another letter of Paul, Paul talks about the fact that fighting the fight of faith means that we need to war against our sinful nature that we actually now are new. We have a new nature that we are given gifts by the Holy Spirit to actually live in a new way and we have fruit that comes from our life in Galatians that now actually is a really beautiful promise that we have as Christians. So here in chapter 12, we're going to look at what sort of difference this new transformation of this spiritual nature takes for us. In verse 1, Paul makes the astonishing statement that he calls on us in view of God's mercy, which was exercised through the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross, who sacrificed his life for us, 
then we are to actually live as living sacrifices and to offer our bodies in his service. And in the context, what we're going to see is that this is the proper way to worship God. The first thing here, he says, is a result of that attitude for the Christian is in verse 2. He says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is. He's good and pleasing and perfect will. I'm so excited that our God is not silent, that he's given us his word so that he might, able, he might be able to speak to us and help us to change the way we think about things. A great illustration of that for me was this week when um, I was running out of a few items because of the panic buying that was going on and we ne I needed to go up the shops at Aldi to get a few bits and pieces. And I went up with Louise and we were up at the, and Louise is my wife, and up, up at the uh, supermarket that we were at, we just um, got a few things. We had it in our shopping basket and we were lining up for the self-serve where you, you know, check your things through and you put all the items in and then pay for them. And when I was standing in the line, I heard a conversation behind me. And what I heard was uh, a man saying to someone, are you okay? I turned around and there was a lady who I think was probably in her 80s and she had a walking frame and in the walking frame she had three shopping items in this little basket. And the lady was saying to the man that uh, usually when she goes to the shop, she's able to actually check her items out through the assistant and she'd never used the self-service before. And the man was offering, can I help? Can I put the stuff through for you? And I said to her, well... Um, I'm already in the line, would you like me to do that for you? And she said, oh, thank you, that would be good. The guy said thanks and he went off to do his shopping. And then I stood in the line with the lady and I said, now, are you okay? And she's like, yeah, yeah, I think so. And she said, I I've got a few bits because I saw on the TV that the food was running out, so I thought I might need to stock up a little bit. And again, I looked in a basket and there was only three items in there and I was a little bit worried about her. And I said, have you got enough food at home? And she said, yeah, I think so. And I said, have you got family that you can um, ask for some help with? And she said, yeah, I do. And I said, well, how about I put those things through anyway today? Um, and I talked about the fact that I'm a minister and if she'd like to get any help, then we, we are around as well. But she said she was fine. Um, I put the items through the till for her. And when she opened a wallet, she only had cash. And so I just got my, my card out. It was only $9.30, so I just uh, paid for that for her. And then... Uh, I put it in a, back in a bag for her and she just looked at me and she said, thank you. And then she said, God bless. And I thought, in the fact that I was able to just do some really simple little thing for this lady, I was actually able to encourage her. And in her thanking me and saying God bless, she actually really blessed me. And I was looking around me and there was all these people with trolleys full of you know, stuff. There was no toilet paper left actually, so there was no toilet paper stocks in the, in the trolleys. But people had all these supplies for their families, which was you know, important and good that people were getting enough food for themselves. But in the midst of that, by the man behind me noticing that this lady needed help, he was transformed in his thinking in that he was looking out to other people. And what the Bible's saying here to us in chapter 12 is that when we know Jesus and we come to really understand how God thinks through reading our Bibles and actually trying to really understand God's way of thinking, we are actually transformed in our thinking and we can actually be learning to love as Jesus teaches us to love. At Soul Revival, we really love the uh, chapter and verse Matthew twenty-two thirty-seven to 40. Because Jesus was once asked, what's the most important thing? And Jesus said, 
the most important thing is that you love God and that you love others. And the beautiful thing about that is that when we trust in Jesus and we put our faith in him, that we're reconciled to God and we are reconciled to others. He has done all the work needed to build our church community. All that's left for us to do is to simply express our church community that God has given us. And here in chapter 12 of Romans, Paul is saying to us that we need to not conform to the pattern of this world and only think of ourselves, but to be kind and consider of others and actually be thinking of the needs of others above our own needs. And in that way, we are being living sacrifices by actually looking after other people. And we need to be transformed in our thinking in that. Because of our sinful nature, we're actually naturally selfish. But Jesus is teaching us how to love. He teaches us how to love God, and he's teaching us how to love each other. And the rest of the verses here in Romans 12, verses 3 through to 8, gives us this beautiful snapshot of what it looks like to be transformed in our thinking, to realize that we're not just an individual, that when we become a Christian, that we become part of the body of the church. Christ is the head of the body. And in verse 4 here in chapter 12, it says this, For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. In the rest of the passage, Paul simply goes through and says that just like a normal human body, we have different parts to the Christian body, that we all have different gifts and that we should use our giftedness to build up and encourage one another, to give generously and to do that diligently, and most of all, to show mercy and to do that beautifully and, che and cheerfully. Just after the section we've heard read, Paul says this, and I'd like to conclude with this tonight. In verse 9 he says, Love must be sincere. Hate what is evil. Cling to what is good. Be devoted to one another in love. Honour one another above yourselves. Never be lacking in zeal, but keep your spiritual fervour serving the Lord. Be joyful in hope, patient in affliction, faithful in prayer, and share with the Lord's people who are in need. Practice hospitality. Even though we can't meet together as church at the moment, we will in the future. We will again be enjoying the places that we have to meet together. But in the meantime, we are still God's people. We are still the body. We are still transformed by being given a new spiritual nature. And so I'm encouraging us tonight in this time to think of new and creative ways where we can practice hospitality and we can look after those who are in need. And to that end, I'm going to pray for us before we sing one more time tonight. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for the chance we have tonight to gather together, even if it is over the internet. And we thank you, Heavenly Father, for your word that encourages us. Thank you for the gospel about Jesus. Thank you for the reminder that we've been reconciled to you and reconciled to each other. We also thank you, Father, that we can be encouraged tonight to practice hospitality and to look out for others in need. We pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Sorrow of Old Church podcast. If you have any questions, please get in touch on Facebook or Instagram 
where we are Soul Revival Church, or you can email our lead pastor at stuart at soulrevivalchurch.com. That's S-T-U-A-R-T at soulrevivalchurch.com. Music is OK by Ixon.